welcome you back to our daily time together, our study in God's Word. We're beginning a new study today from the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. And it's an exciting book, an amazing book. And I want to read a few verses as I begin. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 1, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried away to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. In verse 6, among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishkel, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishkiel, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. The book of Daniel is one of the best-loved books in the Bible, and Daniel is a wonderful example of a light shining in a dark place. And of all the beloved characters found in Scripture, there is none more interesting, none more appealing, and none more lovable and pure than the man Daniel. Together with Joseph, Daniel stands among the heroes of the Old Testament as one uh, of whom no practical evil, of very little evil is recorded, and yet Daniel was a sinner, and he needed the grace of God as much as anyone, but yet he lived a godly life and walked with God. But what is true of the man Daniel is also true of the book which he wrote and which bears his name. The book of Daniel is a most remarkable book in many, many ways. It's the 27th book of the Old Testament and contains 12 chapters. The book is simply arranged. The first six chapters are primarily history. The second six chapters are primarily prophecy. All history is just prophecy fulfilled, and all prophecy is history pre-written. You see, the book of Daniel says that God says what God has done, and it says what God will do. This book has probably been attacked more than any other book in all of Scripture, at least in the Old Testament, because it declares the supernatural power of a supernatural God. Critics have come at it from every point of view to say that what it, that it is not true or that it didn't happen that way. Therefore, the skeptics, the liberals, and the thoroughgoing modernists who believe neither in miracles or prophecy have sought in every way they can to destroy the book, but they have failed. It still holds a great place in the hearts of real, true, dynamic believers today. You see, if, if the miracles of Daniel did not happen, we may as well throw away the whole Bible because the four Gospels are wrong, the foundations of Christianity are false because they contain miracles too. The miracles of Scripture rest on a secure basis and and namely the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because if Jesus Christ could be raised from the dead, then God could do anything 
that he wanted to do. There is a reason why the supernatural is so prominent in Daniel, and that's because the people of God were in captivity. Jerusalem is in ruins. The temple, their last hope, was gone. God, after all, had proved unequal to the gods of the Babylonians. At least that's what the Babylonians said. And they seemed to have conquered the God of Israel. Uh, But, of course, it wasn't really true. The people of Israel had sinned, and Jeremiah had predicted that there would be a return after 70 years of captivity. But the miracles of the book of Daniel were a sign from God, both to Israel and to the Gentiles, that that was true. God used a heathen ruler by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. God used him in spite of himself. But in all of it, God witnessed his power through the miracles that took place and showed forth that he is the great God that he is. One of the most astounding in the history of any nation, the Jews went into the exile, helpless addicts to idolatry and false worship. This had cursed them for nearly 500 years, for they, had, they could not keep from worshiping the gods of their neighbors, the gods that were useless and powerless, the gods of stone and wood. And they had been so demoralized by their infatuation with these false gods and idols that they were destroyed. Yet they emerged from that 70-year interval of exile and captivity in Babylonia, the most rigidly monotheistic people in the world. People say, what happened? Well, it certainly cannot be attributed to the Babylonian influence, for uh, Babylon was a hotbed of idolatry. They had all kinds of idols and false gods. How did it happen? Well, it happened because God revealed himself as the God of power and the God who can make a difference and the God who rules and reigns and is king of kings and lord of lords. And as he showed forth his mighty power, the people understood and saw that he was the true king. If there's one thing that really stands out emphatically in the book, it is the emphasis upon the greatness of God. It reveals God as he moves toward the fulfillment of his plan, which is a gracious and glorious plan and his purposes, despite all the opposition in the world. And it shows that he is able and powerful enough to do it. The scripture says, there is a God in heaven. That is a phrase that we will discover a lot of times in the book of Daniel. It's used five times in chapter 2. He's also called the great God, the God of gods, the king of heaven. You see, the God of the Bible is a great and mighty king. And he is the sovereign king. He is the one who removes kings and sets up kingdoms. But he is also, in these verses, uh, a special kind of God because a special name is given for him. He is called the Most High. This name for God appears 13 times in the book of Daniel. And it's taken from the Hebrew, El Elyon. It means that he is the possessor of heaven and earth. It is the name God uses when he wants to declare his ownership of creation. In the book of Daniel, he's called the God of heaven. He is declared at the same time to be the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth. Though his earthly people are in captivity and there's no word to them from God, it will come for the God of heaven and the God of earth to minister to them. I think the emphasis of the book and the key and the the central purpose are expressed in chapter 4 where three different times we are told in verses 17, 25, and 32, in order that the living may know that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind 
and bestows it on whom he wishes and sets over it the lowliest of men. The Most High is the ruler and he is in charge, the sovereign king of the universe. Those, that verse talks about the fact that he is really in charge. And he is in charge. Keep that in mind and let him be in charge of your life today. God bless you. Have a great day.